Welcome. This is episode 41 of the Saluki Gamescast for March 24th, 2023. My name is Justin Young, and Ryan, why are you so bad? I'm just drawn that way. <laughs> He's been practicing his breathy delivery of that line. <laughs> A couple times. Uh, joining me this week are Ryan Frills, OJ Duncan, and Mario Sanders. How are you all doing? I hath returned. <laughs> You've been out in the wilderness for a while. You've returned yeah, to us. Like Alicia didn't help me with my controller, so I've just been like like trying like all like trying to conduct electricity like with a kite, attaching it to my controller to get it to turn on and And then she's not even here this week. You show <laughs> you show back up. I, I, did the two of you have like a feud going on? No. You can't be she, in the same room. She finally came over like as like I was just like it was like an advertisement. It's like, oh, golly gee shucks, my controller's not working. And Alicia just burst in like, and now I can help. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. I I didn't have that that story planned out further. So we're just stopping there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to end that story. <laughs> just announce. All right, we're just ending it here. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> Well, okay, OJ, how have you been? Oh, I'm okay. All right. Nothing really of note. No. Nothing more exciting than that? Yeah, no, I'm boring. Oh, well. Uh, Mario, how was uh, spring break? Um, it was okay. Uh, there's been, this past month has been t- tough for reasons, but, you know, it's uh, that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. Well, um, glad to have you all here and everything. Um, we're just back from spring break, so this is the tail end of the semester, and it's kind of that last, I mean, it, the whole semester is a marathon, but this part feels like a sprint because mm-hmm. it feels like each week you get further and further behind until the semester's over, mm-hmm. and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> it's that semester of the times, Justin. <laughs> well, you have to do the line since Alicia's not here. <laughs> It would be her time. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump right into what you've been playing. Um, and OJ, why don't you kick us off? What have you been playing? Uh, so there's a game that I found on my phone. It's called Hero of Aetheric. And there's it's it's a second part kind of of a game. There's a, a game called Orna, which is... Um, it's like a, it's a game where you walk around in the real world and find different places, but it's so like, like a but it's like a JRPG, like Pokemon Go, like an AR game. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not quite AR, but um, uh, because it's it's all pretty much two D in there. But okay. Um, but you you go around and you find enemies that you can fight, and it's a JRPG style game where it's just you. Um, but you in in Orna you can build all kinds of structures around different places. So like around my house, I had a shop and like housing and a bunch of different stuff built around like my real life house. Uh, This is the game, except that it's not AR like that. It's just a regular RPG. Um, Okay. And it's, it's kind of multiplayer, but not really multiplayer. Like you can, you can, (laughs) you can group with people and go into a dungeon, but it's not, really super big like you don't need to okay so it has like raids like in an MLO. yeah yeah but th- they're not really like big raids like you can do all the raids by yourself okay um but so it's pretty fun i've, I've been enjoying going through 
Um, you become progressively stronger as you play with classes opening up, and then you just get, like, ridiculously strong, more so than even, like, in most JRPGs. All right, and what's the name of so, that again? Uh, so it's Hero of Aetheric, and that's A-E-T-H-R-I-C. I have uh, not heard of that at all. I think it just came out pretty pretty recently. I'll uh, check it out. And the other version of it is called Orna, O-R-N-A. Um, aside from that, I've also been playing Power Wash Simulator. Um, and I bought it because specifically because of the Midgar pack, but I haven't played the Midgar pack yet. I just started playing the regular ones and I was like, oh, this is this is really fun. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through and, and play the rest of them and then uh, a while later I'm like, oh, I didn't start it. I'll, I'll do it next time and then <laughs> then I'm like, well, no, I'll wait, I'll do it a little bit later. so but I, I'm really enjoying it. I have a similar experience with a different game, so I'm kind of yeah. laughing <laughs> at you because I fell into the same trap. Um, yeah. I actually did play uh, the Midgar uh, content, okay. and so I played the first two levels into that. Nice. Um, so uh, how are you finding, before, I'll talk about that in a second, but how are you finding Pyrewash Simulator? I, uh, I'm really enjoying it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Like, I, I knew I would like it probably, but I didn't think I would really, really, really get into it and like it. Um, the, the only problem that I have is that I, I have a relatively small screen on my laptop that I play it on. And so it's really difficult to find some of the really, really tiny pieces of dirt. And I didn't realize that I could hit a button and it would, show, it would like, be bright until a few levels in after I was already frustrated about not getting it. I did the same thing. I, I don't feel like they highlight the highlight feature mm -hmm. enough. Yeah, yeah. Like it's really easy to miss that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I, w I was really frustrated. I was doing like a patio outside uh, mm -hmm. and there was uh, something and it was underneath a chair, but I didn't think to like check underneath the chair at all. And I was just getting frustrated that it wasn't 100%. Uh, but now that now that I know about the highlighting feature, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, and it's really, really soothing and relaxing. Yeah, I, I had the exact same experience of, like, not knowing that highlight feature was there. I, I assume they must have told me, and I, it just went in and mm -hmm. went straight out or something. Um, but, yeah, you have to have that, particularly in some mm -hmm. of the later levels. Yeah, Those first ones are, are relatively easy. You can mm -hmm. kind of, like, brute force your way through them. But as the levels get bigger and more complex, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to have that mm -hmm. or you never finish it. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, another thing that I don't think they uh, explain very well is that you can um, you can bring up a list of all the items mm -hmm. and the percentage of how clean they are. I, I found that too. Yeah. Okay, and then but what they don't I, I think make clear is that you can click on one of those mm -hmm. items, and then when you get out of that menu, that item will be like highlighted. Oh. Okay. And it, it kind of like glows. And so that's really helpful because sometimes you're cleaning something and it's like a part of a boat and you're like, mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Right. And okay. um, so like they will highlight, you know, and it'll sit okay. there and kind of glow and you can find it pretty easy. So that right. works pretty well. And oh, that's really, really good to know. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just jump in here mm -hmm. since we're already talking about this game. Uh, I did play the first two levels of the Midgar um, DLC. Um it's good. I mean, it's very much like the Tomb Raider DLC. I think I talked about mm -hmm. on here. Um, and the thing I'll say is that it very much feels like, hey, we have these models already made. These you know high polygon, very mm -hmm. detailed models. Let's use them in this game. Mm -hmm. And so they just kind of drop them in there. And 
um, you know, but it all looks really good and it's mm-hmm. kind of fun because, I mean, at least in the original uh, Final Fantasy VII, you couldn't get around and look at the models mm-hmm. in all their detail. You can better in the remake. Nice. Um, and so, like, it, it's just kind of neat to get to see some of those yeah, so far it, it's just been vehicles mm-hmm. that I've had, but again, I'm only two levels into it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how many levels there are, uh, but for free, like mm-hmm. it's really kind of amazing they're putting out this quality of DLC for for free. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, if somebody's out there and you're interested in uh, Power Wash Simulator, maybe much like OJ, this is enough to tip you over the edge <laughs> yeah. and finally take the plunge if you're uh-huh. a big Tomb Raider or a Final Fantasy fan. Yeah. And and a funny thing about it, too, is that uh, my partner bought a power washer and has been power washing all last week. So while he was actually outside power washing a fence, I was inside virtually power washing uh, things, including fences. I love the idea that like you could be outside actually <laughs> yeah. power washing something. Yeah. Like, that reminds me of like a Dorkly short. So like for anybody that doesn't like Darkly does like little short video game skits online. Like it's like Robot Chicken, but with like old video game graphics. And like one was like Pokemon Go in the Pokemon world, and Professor Oak's trying to get people to take up their Pokemon, but they're too busy playing Pokemon Go. It's like, why well, we got actual Pokemon here? Why won't you take the Pokemon? But, but look what I got on my phone here. And then like I think at the end, Poke- Professor Oak was like, oh, actually, this is pretty nice. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like with all these sort of, like, relaxed simulator games, so there's, mm-hmm. like, Lawnmower Simulator and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's all like, hey, instead of doing basic chores, why don't you play a game of basic chores? <laughs> See, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> is Power Wash still on Game Pass? It is. Know? Okay. I know it's one that I know you've mentioned, and I have a friend who has played it, and it's fun to watch somebody play it as well. Um, and so I thought about checking it out when I saw that it was on Game Pass, but I have haven't yet but didn't know if it was still there or not yeah um and the dlc is free um for tomb raider and final fantasy so you can download those um and you can play those without playing through the rest of the game Mm -hmm. if you want you can just jump right into those um yeah i mean i i've said it before on here i think it's really kind of the ultimate podcast game Mm -hmm. is a game that you really want something else to listen to while you're playing it there's music in the game and it's fine, but it's nothing to write home about. So you kind of want something else going on in the background. <laughs> I just had the thought, like, what if, like, this podcast's biggest fan was the guy that did music for Power Wash Simulator and they just listen to that and we just ruin their day and they're like, I quit. I'm done with this podcast. That's the goal. <laughs> to alienate our Power Wash developer core fan. <laughs> Like, uh, Justin, like, looks at, like, heels on wrestling shows. Like, that's my energy. That's what I want to go for <laughs> on my podcast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's that sort of a game, mm-hmm. right? And But it's very chill and relaxing. So uh, it's worth checking out. Particularly if, like, you, you already have Game Pass because mm-hmm. it's not going to cost you a dime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario, why don't we jump to you? What have you been playing? Yeah, so over this last week or so, uh, I think the three games that I've played that have stuck out are um, on Twitch. I'm doing a little community event thing. I know I've talked about in the past um, enjoying those community events where somebody puts out a list and all of us sort of play those games, do our own playthrough. And so I made a list and my friends and I have been going through. And the three that I played most recently are 
uh, NFL Street 2, Perfect Dark, and Rival Schools, United by Fate. Mm. Um, and so uh, those have been, they've, they've been a good time and they've been fun to play and watch other people play them. And yeah. How does NFL Street hold up? You know, that game is very silly, but when you compare it to other um, NFL games, thinking about like the Maddens, I actually think it holds up pretty well. I think because it's uh, a little over the top um, with like the running on the walls and the style moves and all that sort of stuff, um, the gameplay actually is, I don't know, in my opinion, it's still pretty fun. I still think NBA Street 2 is... Mm -hmm one of the best basketball games ever made street. Yeah. NBA street two is also a very good game. And I never played the NFL games mm. a, as much, the NFL street games. And so, um, I'm always thinking, should I go back and play those? Those like, I never gave those much of a chance. So, yeah, I, I know they made a third one and then I want to say they had a, it wasn't street four, but there was, it was like a, an adjacent where it was like very similar, but not the same. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not to get into sports talk, but like with where the NFL is today, um, and like thinking about some of the players in the league and, you know, a lot of the NFL has kind of adopted like this positionless football where players do have positions, but they kind of thrive and doing multiple things. I feel like it could absolutely be, uh, a target for like a reboot or doing another one, um, and I just have a lot of nostalgia playing that game because I played it so much as a kid. Yeah, I feel like, you know, with uh, with EA, they've basically abandoned their basketball series. So there's no more NBA Live or, mm. uh, what was it, Elite was going to be the game that was going to be their new title, and then that game never actually came out. <laughs> it came yeah, like, I, I think oh. 2K is, is the NBA, like, kind of – hallmark game the way the right. Madden is for the NFL, right? Yeah, and so I, I feel like EA should really be going back and trying something different, right? Like I feel like it's particularly those uh, street games or even I believe they own the NBA Jam property now. Like it feels like now is the time to make an arcade basketball game. Like you can't you can't or you don't want to compete with NBA 2K, so go the other route. Do something that NBA 2K is not doing. Who did the Playgrounds games? Because there was the NBA Playgrounds, and I want to say there was one and two, and they were sort of jam-like. But yeah. um, I don't uh, know who, who put those out. So I think the first one might have been independently published, but that second one, 2K, oh, bought okay. them and actually put that second one out. Um did you ever play those? I did not. Okay, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I say this only because I bought that first one thinking, it's NBA Jam, mm. finally. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even have to play exactly like it. It just has to be an arcade basketball game, and it is not at all what you want it to be. <laughs> gotcha. And I'm sure somebody likes those games, and that is our other listener, Ryan, is <laughs> the main developer of that game. Um, I'm sure somebody really likes those games, but man, I really hated that game they when I played it. They did not itch the scratch that uh, NBA Jam left. Our entire <laughs> audience was the fan base for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, there's just there's nobody doing those sorts of games really much. I mean, other than Nintendo, you know, with like um, their Mario Soccer sure. and baseball and those sorts of games, nobody's really making those kind of arcade sports games. Yeah, and there's there's I mean, I think that this is in video games broadly, but especially with the sports games, there's this like belief that like the hyper realism is what people want, and there's you know that's great from time to time, but yeah, being able to have a game with all the NFL players where it feels like, oh, this is what it would be like if they were playing, you know, at, at a park, you know, the way that you do pick up football with, with friends or pick up basketball with buds. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it would be very cool. That's a game I would buy immediately if they were to do a, a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's also uh, the Blitz series. Mm-hmm. They obviously haven't brought that back lately. I, I think there's some problems with the NFL not wanting them really to bring that series back sure. because of the extreme violence mm-hmm. and with all the concussion stuff. Um, the NFL is a little leery of making games where you are picking people up and <laughs> body slamming them on their head. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there, there's Super Mega Baseball. So those games are really good. If you just want kind of an arcade baseball game, those are pretty fun games. Um, but outside of that, there's a, there's not a lot outside of the Nintendo games right now, which is really kind of sad. Um, even if people are doing budget ones, like even if you do a new NBA Jam without the actual players or put a player mm-hmm. creation tool in there so yeah. we can add the players that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the only one that I can think of, but it's not much, it's not an arcade style game. It's more of a tactics game would be like the Blood Bowl for football if you've right. seen or played any of those. Mm-hmm. Sure, I yeah. Try those. But that's a very different experience than, um, you know, <laughs> Fell Street is. <laughs> yeah, and there's some indie PC games that are very much like, let's go back to like 8-bit style hockey. There's one in particular, I can't think of its name right now, but it's very much kind of like, this looks like Blades of Steel on the NES. There's a new one coming out that's a hockey roguelike called Tape to Tape. Okay, huh. yeah. I don't know if that's it. I, but there's a streamer I watched who he played the beta, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but that would be the other one that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's something there's something to fill that gap. You know, it seems like somebody could put out a thirty dollar game that has some of the licensing in it. Um, you know, especially these companies that are already paying for the license and doesn't seem like it's impossible to do that. But I guess I don't know much about the licensing side. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? Not much. I mean, some of the other ones are just normal everyday type of games. One I'll play is called Super Auto Pets, which is just an auto battler. And then a couple of friends and I have gotten into playing a game called Perfect Heist 2, which is a cops and robbers. A I don't know what the right word would be. Um, you've got some people playing as cops and some people playing as robbers and the robbers are trying to rob this bank and the cops are trying to stop them. And um, it's a fun little game. Is that like first person, like first person shooter? Yeah, so you have all these different classes for both the cops and the robbers. And so some of them are good at different things. Some of them have certain abilities and um, the robbers blend in are look exactly the same as all of the other patrons. So if you act like an NPC, the cops can't differentiate who is a robber and who is just an NPC. And so it's, um, you know, kind of a stealth game, kind of a deception game. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a good one. 
Oh, that sounds really cool. Like, um, it sounds a little like payday, um, but, you know, with that added, like, sort of mix of you don't know who the robbers mm-hmm. are until they reveal themselves. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I had not at all heard of that game. Yeah, I hadn't heard heard of it until some friends in Discord started playing it, and um, I think it was on sale, or it was like 10 bucks or something like that. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? And so it's been fun to play with them. What was the name of that again? Perfect Heist 2. All right, cool. Um, Ryan, what have you been playing? Okay, so before I say what I've been playing, I just want to say, because we talked about it earlier and the thought came to my head, uh, mix Lawnmower Simulator with a visual novel and base it off King of the Hill. There you go. There's the million-dollar idea. Now, moving on. Um, <laughs> Real quick, so I found someone on TikTok who is uh, a kind of a Dale Gribble cosplay and just keeps on, does a bunch of things from uh, King of the Hill as Dale. <laughs> oh, i got to check this out. I love how I think it's like seg- real Dale Gribble or something. That segue was felt like it was set up in advance and everything. Like, <laughs> OJ just had that knowledge on hand. We we were talking like behind the scenes, like, hey, we're gonna do this bit. <laughs> um This bit where we saw a TikToker. <laughs> so, so a few games. Um first couple, not much to say about just because I've been playing them for a while. It's like Marvel Snap, and I just wanna say I finally got since we've last talked since I've last been on here. I finally got Noel, like the symbiote god character who like uh, gets like the power from all the cards that get destroyed like at locations in the game. And not saying it always works, but when you have Carnage, Venom, and Noel, and you make it work, oh god, does it work! Um, and aside from that, I because like the new uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff came well, out. Hang on, before you move on, I want to ask about Marvel Snap because okay. I've been playing some Marvel Snap again lately. And so, like, people can quit. Like, you know, they can retreat during the middle of a match. Do you find that people retreat all the time now? Not all the time. Um, I try, And I try never to do that usually because it annoys me. It's just like, just let, it's, it's a quick game. Just let's finish it really quick. I bet more than 50% of my matches end in the other player retreating. I, I, I've i probably seen it happen more lately, but not all the time. I feel like they need to, like, there needs to be a limit on that. Like, by the time you get to the fourth round or something, like, yeah. after that you can no longer retreat mm-hmm. or something. And granted, I'm not going to say I never do it. Like, if, like, I see Ego, the location that controls everything you do, come out, like, I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not watching a virtual a computer play my cards for me for three minutes. I'm done. But, you know, like, usually, like, just, just let the game play out, guys. Like, it's it's short. It's quick. Let's have let the per- – whether it's me or someone else, let the person have their victory. Like, Yeah, it, it's – yeah, I don't mind losing in that game because the games go so quick, like you yeah. said. But I do get annoyed when – you know, I, I put down my first two cards and somebody immediately quits. And I'm like, my first two cards weren't going to beat you. I, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if I know I'm going to lose, like, I'm like, I, I as long as you know it's not, again, like an e, like the Ego Planet thing or something like that, um, just I'll let the person have the win. Like, just, I won't, like, mm-hmm. I mean, without me, can you know, without winning by me canceling. Like, just mm-hmm. let them have the fun of, like, getting their victory. Um I've right. never played Marvel Marvel Snap, but the purpose of retreating is you lose less mm-hmm. gems or something like that. Whatever the yeah. right 
where it is. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yes. like which I think should be the opposite, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's supposed to add another layer of strategy mm-hmm. that you can like back out, but it it just adds frustration because I'm like. It, I guess I'm not playing the game seriously enough because mm. <laughs> like my yeah. thing is I don't care if I lose. And most of the time I'm not losing mm-hmm. like and not to brag or anything, not that I'm that great, but like, I feel like I probably win at least, you know, every time I lose, I win at least two matches mm-hmm. to match up with that. So it's not like I'm getting on there and I'm losing, you know, 29 out of mm-hmm. 30 matches. And it's just a frustrating, like you're always losing type mm. of experience. Right. But, I, of course, again, I'm not ranked super high, so I'm not playing against the best <laughs> players. I feel like I'm, you know, probably down at the low ranks or something at this uh, point. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm not doing well great either. So, so And, and so when you, when you snap in the game, you double the amount of experience mm-hmm. you get. And then on the last round, once it plays, it ex- doubles again. Okay. And so if you leave, you, you can leave before it doubles. I was going to say, I knew that there was this, the snapping aspect mm-hmm. to, like, increase the risk or cost or whatever is there a consequence or a punishment for retreating at this point i mean you do lose um you do lose whatever is already out there right Mm -hmm. so like anteed thus far yeah yeah so um i mean yeah i mean it's like folding in a okay a game of poker Mm -hmm. right it's like okay well you lose your ante but like you're not losing any more bets Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. not that you're betting throughout the game but I mean, as a as an analogy, the best yeah, we can yeah, do. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also like it goes so fast, and you're not actually betting anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. not going to lose anything that dramatic. My fake mm-hmm. internet points, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I can see it as a strategy, and I, I think like in the first three rounds, maybe it makes sense. So like if in the first three rounds, sometimes I'll play, and none of my one or two value cards come out. Mm-hmm. And so I get through those first two rounds, and I haven't played a single card yet. Right. Yeah. And that can be really frustrating. And so, like, I'm okay in that situation. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a situation that I suspect is happening a lot where somebody just doesn't play a card, and I suspect they're, like, starting a game, and then something's happening wherever they mm-hmm. are, and they have to, like, they miss mm-hmm. their chance to play their card because you have a limited time. I'm fine with them dropping out then, but it's when you get to like the fifth round and people are dropping out and you're just like, Mm -hmm. well, this is just dumb. Like, right. I mean, like you're not saving that much, Mm. like just play out the hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it, it really, I don't know. Like it's like playing a first person shooter online and the people like drop out. Mm. Right. Like, that kind of ruins the fun. Someone yeah. AFKs because they're mm-hmm. losing. Right. Yeah, it's gotcha. anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Like you're like in, in this game, like you're, you know, one of the fun things about card games, whether it's digital or whether it's not digital, a lot of times it's like mm-hmm. building a chain uh, where like the engine works and gets you a lot of points or def- does a lot to defeat mm-hmm. the other player or something. And like, I guess I got some of that build, but it wasn't going to be as cool as it was. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, for the other person, they, they guess they got some of that build, but it wasn't going to be as cool mm-hmm. as it was. So, yeah, and if nobody snaps, it's the difference between one and two experience points. Mm-hmm. So it's not like huge. Yeah, I, I just uh, yeah, I mean, it's like if a first person shooter just had a button on the screen mm-hmm. when you started losing, you could just say that's it, I drop out. 
which mm-hmm. I mean, maybe somebody's tried that. <laughs> I can't remember that in any first person shooter mm-hmm. I've played. Um, but it really kind of ruins the fun for me. Maybe mm-hmm. other people, it doesn't bother, but like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I think the problem, I think what finally broke me was this last week. I felt like I played maybe seven hands in a row where the person quit. Oh, oh. And I was finally just like, okay, I, I quit. I'm yeah. not going to play this mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, oh, snap. My, <laughs> my stats were going up, but I wasn't having any fun mm-hmm. doing it. Right. Um, so. Yeah, especially in a game like that where, you know, you're putting together this deck and you're trying to do the fun, cool mm-hmm. thing that your deck is trying to do and you never get the chance to actually see it do that thing because somebody's dropped out. Yeah, and, like, the the thing that Ryan's talking about with using cards like Venom and stuff, Mm -hmm. like, and you have to build that deck up. So, like, you're having to lay cards out and then lay Venom down and watch Venom eat all the other cards Mm -hmm. and then, you know, do the same with Carnage. And, like, you're trying to build, um, you know, in the same way that in Tetris you're looking for that piece that's Mm -hmm. going to set off a sequence of uh, lines and everything – you're really trying to think ahead and plan all that out. And Ryan's right. Like when that works and I admire those people who do what he's do, he's trying to do with his, uh, with the deck he's building when they pull that off and you know, they have that one card up there that's got like 150 points on it. And mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> I, I, I give so up fun. <laughs> like that's amazing. You deserve the win and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and and in that sense, it it reminds me when I'm sure sure people who play both, you know, in some ways of magic where you get this really cool combo Mm -hmm. going and then somebody concedes right in the middle of it. You're like, well, I'm going to play this out for my own satisfaction (laughs) because I want to see it, but you can't really do that in an online game where Mm -hmm. they just sort of insta game overs, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to explain exactly all. I can't remember all the details of how this happened, but there was one way. I got three Thors at a location. I uh, I got each of the Thors powered by two hammers, and then I used Venom to eat all the Thors, and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those experiences, I mean, you know, there's a meta to that game where people, they've got to be watching YouTube videos and reading on websites, like mm-hmm. what are the best deck combinations and stuff. And that's a level I haven't gotten into Same. with it. Um but, like, there, people pull off some amazing things. And sometimes I accidentally pull off amazing things because of what, <laughs> what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the other day I got, like, four demons at the same time. And I was just like, okay, I'll just put them all here. And the person, like, immediately quit. And I was like, <laughs> well, I didn't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not that clever. <laughs> um, so, you know, like... I feel like that game is at its most fun when everybody is not treating it that seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, sorry to derail you, but like when you mentioned Marvel snap, I really wanted to talk about it. (laughs) No. And and you're right. I have been seeing more, like not all the time, but I've definitely been seeing more people quit. And I do think it's sometimes like when Noel comes out and like, they're really buff. It's like, like, all right, I'm out. But, (laughs) um, anyway, uh, there was three other game. The other one I'm just gonna say like really quickly is, I played on the new Game Boy emulator on the Switch. I played Tetris, and that's now my favorite way to play Tetris, because uh, it's got a nice nostalgic feel to it. I like that the screen on the Switch is bigger than the Game Boy though, where it's like it's big <laughs> enough to see like to have a good picture of everything, but like it doesn't need to be that big of a screen. 
Um, I don't have to worry about advertisements like with on my computer, with the Tetris website, mm-hmm. or anything being you know slowing it down. And I just like it. Um, and you can play it in Game Boy Color mode too, can't you? Probably. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it, but and also like I've been curious to try what was it like Tetris Effect or something, but I just don't want to drop forty bucks on a Tetris game. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying it isn't worth it, just I haven't brought myself... Like, there's other things I'd rather buy, like, for that. Um, that, that game's really cool, but I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm 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 happy with playing old Tetris, like... But... Uh, what else? So, the, uh, the two other games I've played... Uh, so, I played the sequel to Mel- Milk Inside a Bag of Milk Inside a Bag of Milk. <laughs> but this one is Milk Outside a Bag of Milk Outside a Bag of Milk Outside a Bag of Milk. Um... And it's sort of a continuation of the previous game. It doesn't, because uh, like now you're at home after getting the milk, like because that, that game, that's where the game ends. Um, but of course, but it does like visually, it looks more like a a visual novel in the sense that like the previous game had like really rough looking graphics on it, mm-hmm. like almost like really rough looking, almost eight bitish graphics to do the visual novel. But this one, it's like it's actually got like some really nice bits of animation and the characters design nice. And I get a feeling from the character design that this this and you know the way they're talking about neurodivergence. I feel like this uh, the designers of this game definitely watched Serial Experiments Lane, which is like a awesome cyberpunk anime, um, which we can it's its own that's just its own discussion. So I'm going to leave it there. But in this game, though, it, it's similar like you are talking to the main character who is imagining, who is using their imagination to imagine themselves in a visual novel as a way to deal with their neurodivergence um, and, like, their struggles with it. And uh, I I need to play this a second time to see, like, how the different choices you might make can affect it. But from what I've played here, like, like certain things that comes up is, like, the character's struggling to decide whether or not they want to take their medication and you can like you can voice against it or you can voice for it. Um, sometimes you can talk more compassionately to the character. Sometimes you can talk more aggressively. But sometimes it doesn't give you much of an option, which I think that's a way. I think that's done creatively, like because sometimes there is no more compassionate voice depending on what you're dealing with when you have when you're neurodivergent. Like if you're particularly anxious or self-critical or something, or you have intrusive thoughts, sometimes there isn't that kinder and compassionate voice. So. I think doing that's, you know, I think I said this last time, but I think doing that's a way of making you confront that. Um, but you do get more compassionate options in this game. Like, at least if you take the medication, I didn't do a route where I didn't take the medication. Um, and then, like, I can more compassionately and calmly talk to the character. And it's vague whether you're, like, their alter or if this is just, like, you know, in the same way, like, I'm I'm not neurodivergent in that uh, I have various alters or other identities in me, but I can, you know, there's sometimes it is like having a conversation in your head, like one part of you is more critical of yourself. Another part of you is more compassionate towards yourself. I don't know if it's meant to be like that. I think it's intentionally left as vague to fulfill multiple people's neurodivergence and multiple people's sense of having a conversation within themselves. Um, but towards the end, it starts to connect more to the original game. And I'm not going to say how, cause I don't want to spoil it. Um, for anybody that wants to play it, but it does more to connect to the original game. And finally, the other thing I want to say is one thing it does to change things up is there's a little bit more, there's point and click in this one a little bit. Um, some of the point and click is fairly directed, like you can just only 
pick like one thing, like it's aiming at what it wants you to pick, but then you later get the option to like pick various things. And um, I I still really love how this talks about neurodivergence. Um, but yeah, uh, milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk. Okay, can I point out that you said you didn't want to spoil it? The milk. Oh God! <laughs> I should have caught that. I'm the one that makes bad puns. Oh, okay. Well, I was trying not to laugh while you were talking about like <laughs> neurodivergence. <laughs> like I wasn't laughing. Oh, at neurodivergence. The, I wasn't laughing at that, <laughs> but I um, was laughing at the unintentional pun. But it's it's such I I, I love like what these game this game can do. Like, and this is longer than the other one. I think this lasted for me more like around forty minutes or something. But I like what these games can do in a short amount of time. And what are you playing these on? Switch. These are on Switch? Yeah, and I, I got them both in a pack that I think was, like, I think I got them on a sale, so I think I might have got them for, like, six bucks. Which, for six bucks, for two games that are really short but, like, have a lot to say and do it beautifully um, and hauntingly, I, you know, I definitely recommend these. Um, my favorite visual novel game is still If Found, but I really love these. Right. Um, I, I think that's really cool that... Now there can be games like this that are coming out on major consoles, right, on the Switch and stuff, for $6. And it's this little experience. You said about 40 minutes for yeah. each of them. And so, like, less than two hours, but, you know, 6 bucks is what you'd pay to rent a, a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it should be viewed as that sort of experience, that equivalent experience, right? Right. Um, and... and- and this, you know, should definitely be. And there's going, there is replay value. I think I haven't replayed it again, but there are different options and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of me is afraid to like go the meaner route just because I know it's a video game, but I still feel bad doing that stuff. <laughs> um, like a, that, that's the kind of player I am. Um, I like I think there's in Mega Man 64. I don't know if it was in the 64 version, but like the Legends one preceding it, there's an option where you can. One way to go about a story is you can kick the dog that's barking at a girl. And I, I don't want to do that, um, but the, I, I digress. Um, you should just automatically lose the game if you choose kick the That dog. would be hilarious. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I would be for that kind of design choice. I don't know if you missed it. Would you describe these games as being visual novels or visual novel-esque? Oh, yeah. They're, I definitely call them – they're definitely visual novels. Okay. Um, I Sorry mean, if I missed you saying that. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, there's a lot being said. Like, and – they're definitely their own take on that because um, sometimes you don't have, like, any real options or anything. It's messing with that. So it's definitely messing with the formula mm. of a visual novel. Um, it's an experimental, very experimental take on it. But, yeah, I'd call it that. They sound super cool, so I will certainly look into mm-hmm. them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I just like the first one is 99 cents on Steam, and the second one is eight ninety nine on Steam. Oh, so wow. it's under 10 bucks for both. I, I recommend it to people like as long like I mean I know every it's financially different for everybody for some folks like eight ninety nine is too much but like if you can afford these games I, I definitely do think they're worth the experience like and if you don't like them that much you know if they if they don't work for you or maybe whereas I had an enriching experience you might find these more problematic uh, neurodivergent games like are going to hit differently for different neurodivergent folks like it's it's a short experience so. But ninety nine cents for that first one on mm-hmm. Steam, yeah. like just buy it and try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like most people can afford ninety nine cents, and then figure out: do you want to pay eight bucks for the second yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, 
And aside from that, the other, final thing I've done is I have started playing The Last of Us because I want to play the sh- game before I get to the <laughs> show, and I never played the <laughs> game. And it, it admittedly felt like a little slow moving at first, but I am really liking it. Um, and, like, I, I'm okay with things that, like, are slow and take their pace. But, like, for video games, I think I sometimes struggle with that more because, like, I want to get into, like, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it it felt, like, a little more just linear at first and I was just, like, kind of following, like, a basic set of actions, I think I was a little bored at first. But mm-hmm. um, I've gotten really into it. I'm not... So I am... I'm not going to say too much, but I have now, like, left the main town with Ellie. Um, but I really like the stealth mechanics in it. Um, I like that is something that like feels very interesting and very tense for me. It's just like that sense of waiting Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, being prepared. And, but, and then sometimes something just might slip up just slightly wrong and it all goes awry (laughs) or, uh, or somehow it just, it does work out and you're like, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I did it. (laughs) Um, But, Oh my god, the graphics of this game. I, I'm playing the remastered version, not the latest, not the latest remaster, but the mm-hmm. first remaster. Um, but uh they do such a good job of like I think if, you know, I'm interested in studying animated performance, this is something I would look at because of how well the characters and models like interact with each other, express emote. Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know, they don't look like cold like Obviously, the gla- graphics have dated some, but they still don't look like cold, lifeless dolls, and mm-hmm. that's the important thing there. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I said this, like, the last time I played it, because I played a little bit of it before my controller went out, um, but something I, that still stands out to me that was one of the best moments is just I sometimes like it when games play with limited control, depending on what they're trying to say. And one thing was when I was just uh, Joel's kid at the beginning, um, when he's, when at first, like, there's, like, the big breakout happening, and mm-hmm. they're leaving the house, and you're just moving around in the car while he's talking to his brother, and you're listening to them talk. Um, and that, to me, just captures that feeling of knowing something important's going on while you, when you're a kid, knowing that there's something big happening, but just not quite understanding what, or the gravity of it, just, um, there's just you're just caught and trapped in that. Um, and I think something else I want to say about this is I already see how the storytelling to this is amazing. Cause, uh, so I'm going to get a little spoilery here, but it's a game that's existed mm-hmm. a long time, but please don't spoil the show for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like something I appreciated was like how at the very beginning, uh, they pass by a family, like with a kid that, you know, they, they're like, Hey, please pick us up. Mm-hmm. And Joel's like, no, I have my own kid. I got to take care of her. And then it's that, and granted, it's a different way of it happening, but it's that same sense of I got to take care of what's mine, screw other folks, that leads a soldier to killing his daughter. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, so I think the way, like, it just, even just a minor character like that plays such a major foil for the main character at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And kind of already tells you something about how the character is going to have to grow in this game. Um, like the child is like what gives is like the reason why Joel has some compassion in the beginning, but it also makes him resistant towards compassion and the and that like conflicted moment of there's an outbreak happening. He feels the need to take care of his own daughter, but 
he's also kind of leaves other people out for dead. Mm-hmm. And then coming to face to face with that when a soldier looks at him and his daughter the same way he looked at them, but goes the extra mile of doing harm and killing one of them. Um, so sorry, that was just a little breakdown of that that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. But point is, I'm really loving this game so far. I'm loving like the interaction with the environments, and I'm in love enjoying the stealth mechanics. The story taking is great. Uh, the character models, they do so mu- much to convey the emotion. I see why this game has been such a big deal. Yeah, I think you're going to like the rest of the game mm-hmm. yeah. if you're having that reaction right now. Um, yeah, I mean... I, that is a very, very good game. I, I know it doesn't click for some people. Some people don't like it because it it is very much a cinematic game. Mm-hmm. And so it does not have the same emergent gameplay that, you know, some more open games have. Um, but it's just very, very good. There's a reason they made it into a TV series. Yeah. There's a reason it works really well being made into a TV <laughs> series. Um, and I think the game's still worth playing. I mean, I played it when it originally came out on the PlayStation 3, like, if not right at launch, very soon after launch. And I loved that game right away. And uh, rewatching the show kind of makes me very itchy to go back and play <laughs> the game again. But I guess at this point, I'd want to play, like, the PlayStation 5 remake of it <laughs> just because I've already played the old version. So right. I'd like to yeah. see what they've done new with it. Um, but it's just, a, it's a really good game. People should play it. And yeah, I, I, at the beginning played this and I was started playing this. And I'm like, I think I'll prefer the show for what this is. Cause I see, see the appeal of the game, but I think I'll prefer the show and I've kept playing it and I still might ultimately prefer the show, but I definitely appreciate why it was also good. This was also an excellent game. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that there will be things lost. I'm not going to get that same feeling mm-hmm. of moving around in the car. Yeah. Um, and like that I got in this game as I got in the show. And that's like such a limited confined set of control, but it's used so effectively for storytelling. Um, just like, you know, the, I, and again, that's a theme I'm seeing. I'm getting into. I like limited control as a form of storytelling in video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, this makes me think of Rado of Rado runs through board games where he talks about he kind of likes the shackles of board games at times because you have to try to think and move around them. But this is different for me. This is more about storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I I see things are going to be lost in terms of the stealth mechanics and exploring the environment of your own will. I might still prefer the mm. show. I don't know. But I, I'm i going to still, like at the end of the day, appreciate this game for what it is. So the, sh- the show enhances the game, and it's different. There are different things about it. But it's enhanced in the show, the things that are different. Right. Um, so they they both have really good points for what they are. Yeah. I, I'm going to spoil one thing in the show. The giraffe is real. Just because I know everybody I know has has, has looked it up when they were watching. That's oh, okay. I know there's something about a giraffe, <laughs> so I'm fine with that. It's real. Yeah. I, I saw like 500 people posting right afterwards. I had to look it up, and that was a real giraffe. It's, it's not CG is what yeah. you mean. <laughs> I think people, that was the yeah. reaction for a lot yeah. of people. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about it right now. Um, Mario, have you watched this show? I've watched, I watched the second and third episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was actually just watching it in the office with some friends who were watching it on Discord, they were on episode two, and so that's the first time I saw episode okay. two. Okay. Um, 
And then I had seen episode three because people had spoken so highly mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. OJ, no spoilers on episode three. <laughs> you watched the whole show? Yeah. Okay, so spoiler free, wh- uh, what's your reaction having watched through the entire s- first season? I. It didn't end as good as it started, but it was still good when it ended. Um, and I, I think the the feel of it was true to the game for me. Um, even with the differences, I the, it, it was enhanced all the way through. Um, so I, without spoilers, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the best shows that has been ever made and hands down the best video game adaptation of anything ever. Yeah, I, I like your word of enhance. I, I think um, I think of it as complementing the game very well. Yeah. Um, because I think you're right that there are elements that it takes of the game mm-hmm. and kind of runs with that are yeah. like, here's this very minor character, or mm-hmm. here's even just like a line mm-hmm. that's like almost like a throwaway line in the game. Yeah. And then they run with that mm-hmm. like, for almost a whole episode. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it really interesting mm-hmm. to like to to experience both of them. Yeah. Right, like this is not a replacement for playing the game, but nor is this something that is ignorable if you've played the game. Right, because this mm-hmm. is they're going to complement each other. They're going yeah. to make each other mm-hmm. better. Companion pieces. Yeah, yeah, and and that was not what I was expecting when I sat mm-hmm. down to watch the show. Right, um, and I, I came away from it very similar, I think, to you. That by the end, I was a little disappointed, but I think some of that disappointment comes from that game feels like a journey. Yeah. And I feel like the 10 episodes, is that what it was? 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough to capture that full like mm-hmm. feeling of like, we've been completely through hell and back mm-hmm. yeah. at the end of this journey. And I feel like they lose some of that, that the game has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously some of that's, you can't have all the gameplay that's mm-hmm. in the game in right. the show. It would just be boring to watch. Um, but I feel like they lost a little with that by the mm-hmm. end, yep. but it's still very, very good. It's mm-hmm. still something everyone I feel like should watch. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And, uh, the, th- there was no change in there that I hated. No, either. Um, but like I said, also I, one of the grossest things that I've ever seen was in, in there. <laughs> um, in episode two, so you might have seen it. I, I had seen, so I had uh, watched the end of episode two, yeah. which is where mm-hmm. the scene yeah. you're talking about, and then <laughs> I watched the basically the whole thing with some friends right before okay. recording right now. Yeah. Um, and it, even, <laughs> still, still gross, but I it, it worked in the show. It it had it had a reason to be there. This is um, like two months later, and this is still yeah. like haunting you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a lot of really weird phobias, and that became a new phobia. Mine, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> Not only is it a phobia, it's a new phobia brought on by the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't know it. I didn't, didn't know I was, it was there until I saw this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the changes that they make mm-hmm. are, are really smart changes yeah. that don't undermine the story in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are changes that if you are a... Um, you know, if you are, are so adamant to the original show and, mm-hmm. you know, 
that you're going to be disappointed with, I suppose. Yeah. Like, why did uh-huh. they change this one element? The thing that got me is, I think it was IGN was putting out videos the day after the mm-hmm. episodes would air, and it would be, here's the scene in the game, and here's the scene in the show. And how much of it was, like, just, like, even framing yeah. of shots, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. just copied over, yeah. like, and dialogue just copied over. And, again, I played that game nearly 10 years ago, and I didn't remember. I, so, like, I'd watch the show, and then they'd show that. I was like, oh, that's much closer than <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think... People complaining about little changes and stuff. Um, I know some people were upset about what they did with Melanie Linsky's character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. That was really interesting and like much more detailed than we ever got in the game. Yeah. So, you know. So I do have one question, and this might be kind of spoilery. So, Ryan, if you would prefer to not hear the answer, I can wait until after the show to get mm-hmm. an answer. Um, does the first season go all the way through the first game? Yep. Okay. That's well, fine. That, I'm okay with that. That's not really a spoiler. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they would yeah. cut it halfway or, yeah. you know, if they would, mm-hmm. you know, try right. to extend to multiple seasons because now I don't know what they'll do with the second season if it's just going to be part two, but. Yeah. Part two is going to be multiple seasons. Ah, okay. This ends exactly where the game ends. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and in fact, I, I had a friend ask me this question. Um, she was very concerned about watching it and then it being on a cliffhanger. There's no cliffhanger. Mm, mm-hmm. You can watch this first season as like a mini series, mm-hmm. and there never has to be a second season. Mm-hmm. Much like you can play the first game and never play the second mm-hmm. game, sure. and you'll be fine because yeah. it is a self-contained story, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's much more like a novel than what you traditionally think of a season of television being. Gotcha. Um, I I like that, like, because I'm not against cliffhangers. Like, some of my favorite stuff have have them, like, at some point. But like, I I think like it right now. It's just nice to be able to watch something that's like self contained and it tells you the whole story. No, I agree absolutely. It's yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so um, if that's a concern for people, then don't be worried about it. It tells a full story. Um, and you know there are people who very much dislike the second <laughs> game and. Those people can just ignore it. They can watch the first season and never have to watch another episode. I actually, I haven't played the second game yet, but I'm going to get the the remake for the PS5 and play through that and then play the second one. I liked the second game, but I get why people don't like it. <laughs> okay. Is the second game, now was it for the PS5 or was it for the PS4? That was for the PS4. Okay. It came out very late in the PlayStation 4's life. Um and so this PlayStation 5 remake is trying to make the two of them feel more seamless. Oh, okay. Like you could play part one and go straight into part two, and most of the mechanics and the look and the graphics are very similar. Um, I haven't played the remake, so I don't know. You know, I've seen videos of it, obviously, but I haven't played it, so I don't know how true that is. But um, part, two is, part two is a good game. It's a much longer game, and it's a it's a much storyline wise. It's structured very different, so that's what I'll say. Um, all right. Um, so for me, I already talked a little bit uh, about uh, Power Wash Simulator and that DLC. The other big thing I've been playing is more DLC. 
at least that was the plan to play DLC. Um, so I re-downloaded Dead Cells and bought the Return to Castlevania DLC that came out for it because it's Castlevania. And I ended up just playing an awful lot of Dead Cells and not so much of the Return to Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. So this DLC, so I had not, I played Dead Cells before there was any DLC for it. And I played through that game. I beat it. I, I loved that game at the time. It's really fantastic and enjoyable. And then now I've gone back and I'm playing it and I see how they integrate the DLC. And there's one pack that's entirely free and then all the rest of them cost money individually or I guess you can buy a complete pack of them. Um, but they just make them, you know, when you finish a level in that game, so for those who don't know, Dead Cells is a roguelike. Um, and as you get through to the end, there's usually multiple ways out of a level. So they just add the DLC levels into that. So, like, when you get to the end of the first level, there's just stairs that go down, and they're, like, stairs out of, you know, out of Castlevania, the actual castle, and you go down, and then there's just a door that says outskirts of the castle, castle outskirts, I think is what it actually says. And then if you go through that door, all of a sudden, it you're, like, in Castlevania, basically. Um, and... Then there's several levels, and they have Richter shows up, and Alucard shows up, and Dracula, and all the like big named characters that you can think of. They all show up in the game, um, and they like weave it in. So like you play through the first couple of levels. I don't think this is a spoiler, but like you play through the first couple of levels, and you get to the end of it, and it's like, oh well. Um, now you have to go off and do something else. And then eventually you unlock the ability to get to the rest of the castle, but you have to go through the main dead cells levels to get to that part of the castle. And you can't just like start at the beginning and go straight to them. So it, it just makes you play a lot of dead cells <laughs> to get to the new content that you want, which is fine because dead cells is still an amazing game. <laughs> And that game still plays incredibly well. It's still a blast to play. And I'm having to restart because I'm playing it on PC now. I originally played it on Xbox when it was on Game Pass. Um, and it still just controls better than just about any action game, uh, at least 2D, you know, side-scroller. Um, and they've added so much, not even DLC. There's new levels in there. There's a bank level, which was not at all in there when I originally played that game. Um, they've also added in, like, guest, like, references. So there's these references that you'll unlock to uh, other indie games. So there's, like, references to, um, to, like, Shovel Knight and, like, all sorts of games like that that are in there now. Um there's just a whole lot of new content. That's a gigantic game, even if you don't buy any DLC. That's a huge game. Um, I mean, for what it is, this little indie roguelike is kind of amazing. Um, so going back and replaying, that's been great. The Castlevania DLC is really neat. Uh, I, I guess if my one criticism of the Castlevania DLC is that it's all done in that Dead Cells art style, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily um, congruent with Castlevania style. Mm -hmm. And so some of the characters' adaptations are a little... Wonky? Yeah, <laughs> like they're not ugly, but they're not like... As, 
they're not the generally aesthetically pleasing style that I associate mm-hmm. with Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my biggest criticism I can lay mm-hmm. against it. Uh, but they do have music, and they do have like remixed, like mm-hmm. new versions of Bloody Tears and all those like sort of classic Castlevania mm-hmm. tracks. So really cool and uh, completely worth your time to play, I would say. All right, let's move on to the news, and we're going to try to get through uh, some of this pretty quickly. I think a few of these headlines we've actually kind of talked about. Um, so, okay, we're going to talk about some Sonic because Alicia's not here, so we can express <laughs> our true feelings. Oh, man, how much I hate this character. <laughs> Uh, The first major DLC update for Sonic Frontiers titled Sight, Sounds, and Speeds is coming, uh, I guess actually it should have come out yesterday. Um, I don't not have Sonic Frontiers, so I haven't been able to play that yet. But I'm guessing Alicia, that's why she's not here. She (laughs) lied to us. She said she had something to do. She did. Mm -hmm. She had to sit at home and play the DLC for Sonic Frontiers. (laughs) So I have a confession. I bought Sonic Frontiers. I have not played it. Nobody tell Alicia that I bought it, but... um, She's not going to leave you alone. (laughs) uh, I was texting with her a little over spring break because I was watching a playthrough of Sonic and the Secret Rings, which is god-awful. And uh, I think I just texted her, so like... There is no way Sonic Frontiers redeemed this franchise. You cannot make me believe that. And then I saw that it was like extremely on sale. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll I'll buy it. Um, So I've not played it yet, but I will at some point. I mean, look, I've told Alicia, we talked a lot of crap about that game when the first trailers came out because that game looked terrible from the early trailers. But everything I've heard from a variety of different people has been that that's actually a pretty good game. That's what I've heard as well. So, um, you know, I, so I'm curious to try it. I guess what I want though is kind of what it gives us with like Sonic in the open world, but I want like the neon, maybe kind of futuristic, like eighties esque Tokyo, like from the older Sonic games, because mm. something I liked about so like I couldn't really ever get that far into the older Sonic games. I'm not that good at side-scrolling platformers, and I'm not good at them in Sonic. And they're bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> but something I did love was some of the aesthetics of those games. Like, like mm. the second, like the second level, I think, in like the second Sonic game, when like you see like, like this that really cool Tokyo city cityscape, like in that right, and like in the colors they used, and I want that world. Um, like a 3D version of that. Um, and I can see, I guess, I guess a part of me can kind of see the appeal of dropping Sonic in a realistic world. It just doesn't work that much for me. No, I, I, I completely get that. Um, I think you still get that in some of the, like, over the, behind the back, like, running sections. Yeah. Like, that are, like, little mini levels in the game. Uh but yeah, I completely get that. Like there was a definite style to those ninety Sonic games that has sort of been lost as they tried to make Sonic more realistic. Um, you know, like let's plot let's have Sonic make out with a real girl. <laughs> right? Like that's the classic example of it. And you're just like, oh, Sonic already has Amy. Like, what does he need a real girl for? Um <laughs> Amy Rose is our other fan who doesn't actually exist is crying somewhere now. Like I'm not a real girl. <laughs> um, um, and I mean, like I guess I will always tease about Sonic being not very good, but 
I agree with you that the aesthetic of those early Sonic games are fantastic. Yeah, that's the only thing I like about them. Like, they captured that '90s attitude era better than just about any other game mm-hmm. series. Yeah, like other games tried to mimic that, but like they really do that super well. And you know, Sonic tapping his foot—if you like, don't move him enough and everything—like nobody else has ever gotten that as right as those games did. And, like, here's the thing. Like, so I make a lot of fun of Sonic, but the truth is I want to like a Sonic game. Like, I like the design. I like some of the, old, the earlier artwork. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I I said I want to like one. I didn't say I actually like one yet, so I'm not a sicko yet. Um, I think even wanting to like a Sonic game makes you a sicko. <laughs> well, all right. I guess I'd at least join you in that club then, Alicia. But, I mean, at least, you know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's there's issues I need to work out there. <laughs> it's okay. This is uh this is a safe space to, to get s- called a sicko. To share uh-huh. your deep sonic deviations. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> In the realm of video games, Sonic is like the far right. Oh god. Uh, so Oh yeah, like <laughs> Sonic is attending the Jordan Peterson conference. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he wants to tell you all about it with Onion Boy. <laughs> but no, Turnip Boy. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. Like God, Sonic at the Jordan conference. I can kind of see it. Oh my God. You know, Knuckles got him into it. <laughs> Knuckles is the one who starts sending him some YouTube videos going, hey, man, Sonic, check this out. This and, guy's got some really cool ideas. And now, like, Sonic has, like, an alt-right YouTuber account called Sonic the Hedgelord. <laughs> That's our name for this episode, I think. Sonic the Hedgelord. Um, <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, let's see. Nintendo producer has said... Uh, Bayonetta Origins is not necessarily the end of the Bayonetta series. Um, they want to do more spinoffs. What do you think, OJ? You're a big Bayonetta fan. I just, I don't want more like young Bayonetta stuff. It, it's, it's not okay with me. I still like I, I don't know if they. There's a whole lot that they could do in between, you know, Bayonetta not being a child and. and have you, and, have you played it? I haven't. No. Okay. Um, I I'm, I'm going to get it. And, about, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it and play it, but I I, I haven't yet. And uh, OJ saw that game know. and converted to Christianity right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you he, did you hear about what Hideki Kamiya said about the origin, the creator of Bayonetta? No. What he, what he said. So he said that the I don't know if this is the the goal, but. Um, and I also don't know how serious it was, but it was funny to read that like people are going to see this game and they're going to see cute young Bayonetta uh-huh. and they're going to want to have kids and that's going to solve the birth rate crisis in Japan. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> that's so great! That's so hilarious. <laughs> so it's so wrong. <laughs> like, I I think a problem with that is you take this character. <laughs> that is very much known for her sexuality. Mm-hmm. You change her into this young version, and then your your reason is, this is going to make people want to have sex. <laughs> There's something very... It's t- I didn't think of it. Dark. Okay, when I said this is great, I was referring to how ridiculous it was. I right, want right, right. to make sure that I do not condone that idea. Yeah, so the tweet went... 
play Cereza and the Lost Demon points to I want a child like Cereza points to an unprecedented marriage boom is coming points to the problem of declining birth rate will be solved points to everyone happy. It's <laughs> so like I said, I don't know how serious it was, but I did. Think okay. It was I picture him looking like Peter Sellers and Dr. Strangelove, like <laughs> while delivering this. Finally, waifus have a goal. <laughs> and not to derail with the conversation about what was supposed to be about this game. We but. can finally come out of our apartments and have sex. Yeah. Uh, ooh, every Saturday man will have ten waifus. Uh, oh, what is what is going on in Japan? Uh, let's see. John Spates. Uh, he is the writer for Doctor Strange and the new Dune ad- adaptations. He has been hired to adapt Gears of War into a live-action film for Netflix. So, are you excited for a Gears of War film? This feels maybe like a decade too late for Gears of War. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Gears of War is still popular. I remember my friends being really into it when I was in high school, but I don't know when the last one came out and... If it has any real relevancy yeah. anymore. I mean, the last one came out just like in the last couple of years. That's, that Gears oh, that, 5. That, that might yeah. make your yeah. point, though, about the relevancy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that it, we have difficulty remembering when the last yeah. one came out. They, they were also just not games I was very into. So sure. I'm I, sure they have a, a fan base. Yeah, I don't know that they're bad. I just, like, I'm not going to lie. There's some games I just look at the aesthetics of and I'm not into, and that was one of them. Like. Mm-hmm. I do think, I don't know which one it was, but there was one of the Gears of War. Maybe it was Gears of War 3, I, but it had a mode where you could play as, like, the monsters, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But that's about all I know mm-hmm. about Gears of War. I mean, they're, they're cover-based shooters, and, like, I never got into them, and I keep meaning to go back because, I, like, I played some of the first one, and I was like... I don't know. This just doesn't do it for me. And uh, I keep thinking I'll go back and try it, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see if it does. Uh, but anyways, they're making a movie. Dave Bautista has said that he really wants to star in that movie. Um, if Dave Bautista is saying he really wants to star in your Gears of War film, you'd have to kind of be crazy not to just write yeah. him a blank check <laughs> yeah. and let him do that. Um, but like, not- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You're just not going to get anybody else bigger to be in that movie. I mean, like, yeah, literally, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. But like, people have passed up like the perfect option before, though. Like, I think like Brian. I still remember Brian Cranston was like, "Hey, I would like to play Lex Luthor. That is like the perfect choice for Lex Luthor." And then they're like, "Mm, "Nope, Jesse Eisenberg. Like, (laughs) Eisenberg over Heisenberg." Yeah, but you can't hold that against them. That was just in their series of we're making every wrong decision <laughs> DC movies. Snyder Bros. and your hate mail to all of us, I guess. <laughs> uh, that might be Alicia. Alicia might be sending us hate letters. <laughs> um, let's see. There were a series of new game announcements, so we'll kind of run through these real quick. They're making a Toxic Crusaders beat-em-up that's going to be released later this year. So... Toxic Crusaders was a cartoon in the 90s, mm-hmm. and it was sort of uh, an also-ran of Ninja Turtles. We're going to have this team that fights together, except it was based on characters that had been given special powers via toxic waste. 
So it's like the Tossic, it's the Tossic Avenger, but like as a cartoon. Was this a spinoff of that? Because I know Toxic Avenger did get a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, God. And they're making a beat-em-up, like in the style of Ninja Turtles and the arcade games or the one that got released uh, last year. Who is asking for this? <laughs> There's like those five fans, and they all listen to our podcast. <laughs> I, I, feel, I just feel like you could have... There had to be bigger properties you could have gone mm-hmm. out and got. You could have gone out and got the He-Man property or the oh, yeah. G.I. Joe or some other bigger name than Toxic Crusaders. I mean, He-Man did kind of make a comeback recently, too, with, like, Masters of the Universe Revelations, which is a good show. I liked it. Uh, second season wasn't as good, I thought, but I liked it. Um, let's see. They announced a Lego 2K Drive game. So this is an open-world Lego kart racing game where you have transforming vehicles. So while you're driving your car on the road, it'll be one vehicle. If you drive it off-road, it transforms into an off-road vehicle. You drive it into uh, the river, it'll turn into a boat. Um, so it's like the Sega and Sonic All-Stars Transform racing game, which is actually a really great game. Uh, but this is open world. Um, so in that way, it's much more like a Burnout Paradise, it seems to be. Um, is that like the Hori- For- Forza Horizons as well? Is that Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about this one in one of the discords I'm in. The That N64 discord, Lego Racers, holds some amount of space in all of our brains because mm-hmm. uh, it was an early one that we played and that game is really wonky. Um, but it, it does look pretty cool. And I mean, it's I'm not a racing game person, but I would certainly watch somebody play this or look into it as it gets closer. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting. Like, and, you know, certainly the world needs more arcade racing games. Mm-hmm. So um, they are making... What they are calling a AAA 3D Ninja Turtles game. Um, and it is going to be based on the comic book, The Last Ronin. Um, and is said to take on a, a, a God of War style. Um, God so, of War, is that like about squash? <laughs> like a, an angry squash? Or? Yep. Um, so uh, The Last Ronin... Um, my understanding is basically a storyline where in the future all the Ninja Turtles are dead except for Raphael. Oh. And he has taken all of their weapons and he is fighting the forces of evil, but like he's carrying a katana and a bow staff and nunchucks and all of that. Um, and it's apparently the best Ninja Turtle story ever told according yeah. to people who are really into comics and re- have read that. Um, it seems weird to make a Ninja Turtles game without four Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that's always been, you know, kind of the consistent thing. Like if you make a Ninja Turtles game, it's a four player game mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense. Cause you have four like key characters. Mm-hmm. So it does seem a little weird to do this, but uh, I mean, cool, I guess. <laughs> I feel like we need Alicia here. She's our big comic book um, reader. <laughs> OJ, you're a big ten Ninja Turtle fan, right? Yeah, I don't know if I want to play if I can't be Donatello, honestly. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if I have a, if Raphael has his stabs. Yeah. But, I'm not a big Ninja Turtles fan, but I'm kind of interested in some of the new stuff they're putting out. Because like, mm-hmm. I saw like that the 
commer- like the advertisements for that recent new like animated movie, like the animation that looks amazing. Um, like you know, there's like some edges, like there's I mean some across the spider mm. spider verse like vibes in that, and mm. um, I this sounds like a cool idea to me. Mm. Uh, Atari has announced Pixel Ripped 1978, which is a VR game that has you working at Atari. Um, OJ, I know you played the at least one of the previous mm-hmm. Pixel Ripped games, so this is the same developers is my understanding, mm-hmm. but this is a, an Atari-themed one that takes place in 1978, and so some of the footage shows you sitting at a desk with an Atari and you mm-hmm. plugging a cartridge in, and then... Uh, it looks like it's going to transport you into the game worlds mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things they showed kind of looked like you would be in adventure, mm-hmm. um, kind of you know living inside that game and everything. So mm-hmm. it, it looks interesting, and Atari's doing like kind of interesting things with their properties. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm really excited. the 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 Pixel Rip game that I played, I can't remember. I I, I didn't know there was multiple, but. Um, the one that I played was just fantastic, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, and Sonic, speaking of which, is Sonic Origins is getting a plus DLC, and it's also getting a full re-release with the DLC bundled in. Um, it adds in 12 Game Gear titles, which my favorite part of this is somebody was pointing out online, there's only 10 Sonic Game Gear titles so they don't know what these other two games are <laughs> that are part of this. Yeah. Um, and then they're also adding where you can play Amy and Knuckles in the original games that they weren't in. So I guess that's 1, 2, and CD where they weren't playable characters, um, which I guess is cool. Like, I, I don't know. There were 10 Game Gear Sonic games? Yeah, because there's like a – there's Tell's Adventure – and then there's like um, there's some puzzle games and different stuff. Yeah, who knew? Huh. I don't think I knew very many people who had a Game Gear, so I guess I didn't really know there was ten. Yeah, I forgot the Game Gear was a <laughs> thing that existed. Yeah, this is the point where I get to point out my favorite Game Gear um, <laughs> little piece of trivia, which is in the movie Rumble in the Bronx with Jackie Chan. At the very beginning of that movie, there's a little boy playing a Game Gear, but there's no no game in it. (laughs) So he's, like, holding it up right in front of the camera, but it's just empty in the back. (laughs) This is really going to (laughs) sell. And he's going, this is great. (laughs) You're like, no, nobody believes you, little kid. Stop lying to us. Um, Did, Did he really say that? No, no. Okay, It'd be like, great what? if Jackie Chan said, stop lying to us, kid, and then kicked him out the window. <laughs> so, um, and we're running a little late on time, so we'll end here with the most important news. Uh, Lush Cosmetics, um, which is the brand that if you go into department stores like Macy's, they always have a big thing set up with bath bombs, um, like, like in a million different colors and cost like $20 a piece or something. Uh, they are introducing a line of uh, for the Super Mario Brothers movie of bath products. So they're going to have Mario and Luigi shower gels, Princess Peach body spray, gold coin soap, Peach and Bowser shower jellies, and a question block bath bomb. 
So, finally, That's kind of concerning. if you always want it to smell like Luigi, now you can. You beat me to it. <laughs> well, I mean, the real thing is, this seems perfect for why do you not make something that smells like Wario? <laughs> I mean, I know they're doing it for the movie, but like Wario, who's one of his attacks, one of his special abilities is to fart. Why do you not make that? Or like make Wario nose hair clippers or something. <laughs> but something I want to point out too is that the the VG twenty four seven article about it is called "Finally You Can Lather Up in Mario and Luigi's Cream," <laughs> uh, and and then uh, and so I I saw that and I was like what the? and and so I went and looked in it so it's the shower gels but yeah um, yeah the article is uh, they didn't hold any punches back when they were. Making some jokes about that. <laughs> I mean, the new year of Luigi, everybody. Yeah. The, the thing that's weird is like that lush stuff is pretty expensive. Like, yeah. I, I'm not exaggerating. Like, those bath bombs are individually like mm-hmm. over $10 a piece. Yeah. So, who is this for? Fi- it, finally, we can smell like these characters <laughs> for a good price. Is this marketing for the movie? Yeah. Okay. But like, I, I'm trying to think who's going to buy it because. Like, you're not going to buy this for little kids, most likely. It's too expensive mm-hmm. to buy it for little kids. You would go to CVS and buy whatever Mario shampoo they have on the shelf and everything. And, you know, like, are there men and women who are going to go out and buy this and pay, like, $15, $20 for Mario shower gel? Also, I just want to say that there's a missed opportunity and that there isn't a bomb bomb bath bomb. <laughs> That's true. Bomb, 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 bath bomb. Let's say that yeah, five times fast. That's like Bob blah blahs, blah blah. Be good for a musical track. Um. All right, that does it for news. So that takes us to our big question. We are continuing our Mount Rushmore of gaming. We have two spots already filled. We have Mario and Miss Pac-Man already up there. This week we have a third spot to fill. Um, We have some names here that we have uh, carried over and some new ones that we've added in. Um, I'll just open it up to all of you. Is there one of these that you feel strong should be the third name Third face on that mountain. I'll do Alicia a solid <laughs> and say, I do think Sonic should be up there. Oh, we could have the pleasure of saying we elected Sonic without her. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe that would be too mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, that does seem mean for some reason. It, it's not, but like for some reason, it feels cruel. <laughs> that we I don't think it was, but then we, I put it that way. Give all of the Sonic praise. Like, you know, Sonic mm-hmm. is a foundational character yeah. within games history. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the Who would question, not here. Who would question mm-hmm. the design of these games? <laughs> you know, Alicia's really showing like her, her true video gaming spirit because she's not here to like boost Sonic. Like... <laughs> Um, Not a real fan. <laughs> well, she's playing the DLC, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like she's boosting Sonic. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. We know where Alicia is. She's <laughs> at home playing that DLC and saying, I'm just so swamped. <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting through everything new in here. So so I've, I've been thinking about what the credentials will, for this will be for me. 
uh, for, for me to feel comfortable voting for something. Uh, and so I think that I'm going to go with different really big gaming systems and have one from them. So we have Mario for Nintendo. Mm. We have Ms. Pac-Man for Atari. So that leaves Sega, Xbox, and PlayStation mm-hmm. for the big ones. I mean, there's, there's been plenty of other ones, but those are the, the real big ones that really influenced... Where's your Vectrex character? Yeah, the Ouya, who's going to change games history. (laughs) It's a great paperweight. As you say, if we went for computers, there was that one game that was, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'd have that person. The Pac-Man knockoff. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised Cloud isn't on here. Yeah, I think we had the Chocobo on there for Final Fantasy. That's right. We talked about that. Should it be a specific character or... Mm -hmm. Should it be one of the SIDs? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, this is difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Because there, there's a lot of characters that you can make an argument for. I think there's a mm-hmm. strong argument for Sonic. I mm-hmm. think we talked about that Master Chief has fallen off mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah. in recent years. He doesn't feel as, like a few years ago, you know, five years ago maybe even, he seemed like much more of a solid pick. Yeah. But, um, I mean, if you're thinking about him now, then you'd have to put his butt up there. From the show, so that's that was the only memorable thing from the show. So you'd have to put him without his helmet on, and then everybody'd be like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> and his dog banjo. Yeah, that's right. His dog was so important to the story. Um, who who would you if you were to pick one from Xbox? Who would it be? Shrek. Honestly, <laughs> I I don't know because I haven't played a whole lot of Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I honestly don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to uh, defer to other people for the Xbox One. And can I ask you the same question for PlayStation? <sighs> PlayStation, um, Polygon Man, <laughs> Snake. L- Lara maybe? Croft was PlayStation exclusive. Their right? original uh, yeah. mascot for PlayStation was Polygon yeah. Man. Polygon Man. Okay. Could be Tommy Tallarico. I, I was it, Lara Croft for me. <laughs> Lara Croft. Was, yeah. Uh, for PlayStation, mm-hmm. I would think. But I think she runs into the same problem that Master Chief does, doesn't yeah. she? That, like, yeah, like, Lara Croft, even, again, like, five years ago, coming mm-hmm. off Rise of the Tomb Raider, and they yeah. had the movie coming out. Like, mm-hmm. that seems easier. Yeah. And I, they're making a new game. I have to imagine, and this is not, like, to say that this is who mm-hmm. should be on it. I have to imagine Kratos is, like, oh, the yeah, top, yeah. the, like, pinnacle of... of yeah. PlayStation right now, right? As character, character wise, right? And um, another one who's not on this mm-hmm. list, but I think would be intriguing and it would look silly in Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. form is uh, Game and Watch, Mister Game and Watch. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. for PlayStation. I'm thinking of like it's hard for me to think of a, like a mascot now, but like in the past, I guess I keep I think between Crash Bandicoot, but I feel like Spyro has aged better, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think the other one, and maybe it's fallen off a little bit, mm-hmm. thinking about when I was, I don't know, middle school and stuff, would be Sora from the Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, ooh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the, the logic of, like, having yeah. one from the major mm-hmm. sorts of, like, consoles yeah. or companies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for Xbox and... Xbox, mm-hmm. at least, I, you know, Master mm-hmm. Chief feels like that's who it yeah. should be, but at, at as of now, it's sort of like, how big is Master Chief? 
yeah. compared to Mario mm-hmm. and Miss Pac-Man and yeah. whoever you would pick for. I feel um, like last. I feel like you need recognizable characters. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to think like where do we get recognizable characters? What games give those? And traditionally like platformers gave us very recognizable characters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have like Mario and Mega Man mm-hmm. and like Samus and all those sorts of characters. But one of the things I did think about when I was putting this rundown together this week was fighting games. Mm. And we don't have a fighting game character on there unless yeah. you count Super Smash Brothers, which in which case maybe all of these people <laughs> are, <laughs> are fighting game characters. And then we have to have a debate, is Smash a party game? Or? <laughs> it, it should be a party <laughs> game. And, um, but uh, so I added Ryu and Scorpion onto mm-hmm. this list. And I think Scorpion is the more famous of those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I think he's the more recognizable mm-hmm. at this point. And I think there's a, a strong argument for like a third party game when we're talking about mm-hmm. Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. Like what is the most recognizable character is mm-hmm. probably not their first party characters. It's probably some third party game, right? Like yeah. it's Dante from Devil May Cry mm-hmm. or... Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an argument we could, you know, choose somebody like a Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other one, in terms of thinking about, like, a third party could be, like, a Leon Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh. It, especially okay. considering, I mean, not that, you know, Resident yeah. Evil 4 just came came out again, but mm-hmm. okay, uh, my of vote. the Resident Evils, I feel like Leon mm-hmm. might be the most recognizable. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, Maybe I Chris know. Redfield's triceps. <laughs> <laughs> Or Lady Demas Trescu. She's the most like now. She's, like, she's just the peak of the mountain. <laughs> I mean, for PlayStation, there's like, there's also Pyramid Head. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah, would be a yeah, fun yeah. one to have on there. <laughs> With Mario and Miss Pac-Man. Okay, so. Quite a thruple. So what I'm what I'm thinking? Then they're all just different shapes because yeah. you have Miss Pac-Man, then Pyramid Head, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you need somebody who's like a square to put on there. <laughs> then you can put the adventure yeah. character on, there. <laughs> or or it could be a mystery block, and it could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> a Tetris piece. Yes, yeah. Tetris Square. Yeah. yeah, if we're being honest, I guess Tetris Square should probably be on yeah. the Mount Rushmore. Of <laughs> yeah. Maybe not as fun of a, of a character face, but okay. So talking about fighting games and cross-platform, mm-hmm. this could count for Sega because Mortal Kombat, the first one that Sega had blood and Nintendo didn't, so everyone wanted to play it on Sega. Sure, but it could also count as a cross-platform one if you did Scorpion. What you could do is just have the general ninja face, and then it could be Scorpion, it could be Sub Zero, it could be uh, Reptile, it could be all of it. Could, it could be a whole rainbow of the the ninjas. It it depends what time of day it is and the sun mm-hmm. shining on it. Oh, yes. nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really, like generic Mortal Kombat ninja basically encompasses mm-hmm. what twenty different characters yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, a lot of them. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's part of me mm-hmm. that being uh, an older gamer, like, Qbert holds a lot of mm-hmm. uh, value to me, and yeah. I would love to see Qbert's weird, like, little <laughs> nose-mouth combination <laughs> up there on a mountain. Um, lots of birds getting confused and flying into that thing, <laughs> I would imagine. Oh, my God. 
Um, but, you know, like, I think part of when you're thinking about this, right, like part of Mount Rushmore, if we're thinking about the real Mount Rushmore, is the idea that most Americans can look at it and go, oh, I recognize who those yeah. four people are. Mm-hmm. Um, not because they know the mountain, but because they know those presidents. Yeah. Those presidents are viewed as so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like most people, let's say under 30, mm-hmm. probably don't know who Qbert is. I think it, that's fair. Uh, you know, and wouldn't mm-hmm. at all if it wasn't for Wreck-It Ralph because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. in the beginning of that. Um, whereas I feel like some of these other characters, you could ask somebody our age, OJ, mm-hmm. or somebody who's 15, and they would know who that mm-hmm. character was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there's some value in that, right? Like a mm-hmm. recon, brand recognition and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, maybe Ryu would be better for fighting games. I think I, Ryu, because my thing with Scorpion was, like, I don't think Scorpion's, like, I don't look at Scorpion necessarily and think that his face is that identifiable, mm-hmm. like, or that his mask even is, for me anyway. I immediately, like, if I see Ryu's face, I immediately know who that is. That's me, though. You could have Scorpion shooting out harpoons, though. <laughs> Shoot, shooting out a harpoon. At out the, of his at, nose. Yeah. Or Dragging uh, Mario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a fireball. Out of his oh, yeah, mouth definitely. and everything, because he takes off the mask and he mm-hmm. shoots fireballs, mm-hmm. um, or not fireballs. I guess it's just a flame he shoots. Yeah. It's not Ryu shoots fireballs. Yeah, Ryu could be shooting a fireball at Mario. Mm-hmm. Mario could be having to jump over it. Or they're both <laughs> shooting fireballs at each other, and they're like, they... "That's true." They both have fireball power, yeah. and like, there's a big explosion in the middle where they strike. <laughs> Poor Miss Pac-Man. She doesn't have any projectile weapons. She mm-hmm. eats, like, all of them. Like, she, she wins. She eat the fireballs. That's true. <laughs> um, so much blood on her teeth. <laughs> I think Ryu makes sense as representative of all fighting games. Mm-hmm. And he is, it, really, him and Scorpion are probably the two most recognizable fighting game characters. Mm-hmm. Um I think Chun Li would. be I was going to say, do you think do you think Chun Li is less recognizable than Ryu is? I'm a little biased because I pretty much only played Chun Li, mm-hmm. so I I would agree because that's yeah, where I was thinking. I was like, uh, of Street Fighter, like yeah, I guess it is Ryu, but then Chun Li was the one who was like, well, maybe it would actually mm-hmm. be her instead. Yeah, I, like I like Chun Li because I used to play as her mm-hmm. quite a bit, but. I feel like Ryu is the character that's in all of those games. Sure. Is the and, face of the franchise. Yeah. And I feel like every game that gets made, people, every new fighting game when it comes out, people go, well, who's the Ryu mm-hmm. of this game? Mm-hmm. Like, who's that's the, true. the standard, most mm-hmm. balanced character mm-hmm. for people to pick up and play? And I feel like he has that impact in a way that Chun Li and Scorpion honestly don't. As much, I mean, Scorpion is maybe more better known because he's there's been more good uh, Mortal Kombat movies than there <laughs> have been Street Fighter movies. That's a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then you think about the the Mortal Kombat movies, and you're like, man, that really is a low bar, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. um, so I I could get behind Ryu. 
Yeah. What I, do you all I, think? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I could. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I prefer gently, but I, I'm fine with this going through you. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So do we want to add Ryu officially? Sure. I think so, yeah. All right. There you have it, folks. Our Mount Rushmore of gaming. There's Mario, there's Miss Pac-Man, and newly added this week, Ryu from Street Fighter. Um, so we'll be back um, with our next episode and choose the final uh, character to go up there. And that is going to be really hard, I feel. I feel that's going to be <laughs> like the when we finally get mean with one another. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if we don't put Sonic on there and Alicia's back next week, that's going to get real ugly. <laughs> Sonic's well, bloody body the before, the iron, before the Iron Throne is like, the Lannister music plays in the background. <laughs> I feel da, like da, 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 you're really putting it on Alicia to make a decision between Sonic and a Pokemon. Because I know you have you have Pikachu yeah, on this list. True. I feel like you know those are the two who I I mean they scream you know they should be included on Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. But um, and we don't have any animal characters on there mm-hmm. yet. So, but uh, yeah, that is. Uh, going to be a tough a tough decision for Alicia mm-hmm. to make. It's going to be a, a real <laughs> Sophie's choice for her. <laughs> I feel like we made her do this in the Game of the Year discussion, too, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? Didn't it come down between, like, Sonic Frontiers and uh, Pokemon Violet? And yeah. she was like, I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're holding a, a gun that could be pointed at Pikachu or Sonic. Which one is it, Alicia? <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, Thank you, OJ, Ryan, and uh, Mario for joining me this week. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week with a new episode. Uh, Between now and then, check out SalukiGames.com for past episodes and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Google podcast. I can't remember all the different podcast platforms (laughs) that are out there, but basically the podcast should be anywhere that you look for podcasts. Um, Thanks again to uh, my fellow guest and we'll be back next week. Have a good week.